And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's a wild, wild through a goal. Slossy beyond Fodringham. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Fodringham yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, Adolfi. He can hit them. And he does. Secured their championship status for next season. Do me a favor, drop me off in Hello, everybody. Welcome back to New York Talk. We are back after the international break. Normal football will resume tomorrow night on Friday evening, weather permitting. Um, we've got it's only Ipswich Town, second in the league, high flying. One defeat this season to come up against us and challenge us. That should be fun. Um, Mix with us, first of all. How are you doing, Michael? All good, mate. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, I'm very, very good. And Danny, how are you doing, mate? Enjoyed the international break? I have indeed. Happy to be back, though. Yes, very happy to be back. Uh, talking about the only thing that matters, and that is Rotherham United. Um, <laughs> uh, we should mention and shout, anybody's not seen this, we were in a music video, if you haven't seen this. Mm. Um, Lee McMahon, the, the wonderful Lee McMahon, uh, obviously released uh, Main Street, um, which is out on YouTube. If you haven't watched it, it's a lovely video. Do Again, do go and watch it and download his album, Proverbs, because that's excellent as well. Um, Mick and Downey play miserable people who ignore a homeless man. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is my acting's on point. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, well, well, I had to do a look. <laughs> for me as well, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, Mick, Mick, Mick has been playing that character for his entire life, like the grumpy man. Um, so he nailed it. Um, so yeah, come watch that. Um, Grab Grun is with us as, as is Terry Fenby. Dave Lawton says, evening all, any chance the international it could be extended for another week or two. Uh, CJ says, let's hope the Norwich, it's Norwich all over again. Kim is with us as well. And Dave Bateman is listening from Turkey. Um, the warm Turkey. Um, Nick, international breaks they have not been our friend over the past couple of seasons it feels like I haven't done the research go back to last season but it never felt good after he came back from the international break no. um, and with the sort of air of positivity from the Southampton game 
it came at a bad time, although it maybe looked at a good time before the Southampton game, it came at a bad time because we, we really wanted that another game to maybe ride a little bit of a wave and it's it's a shame that it came really. Well it is, but it is not a lot we can do about it, is it? We've got to we've got to we've got to face up to it and move on and hopefully they've been able to they'll be able to maintain the momentum from that second half of the last game prior to the break. Fingers crossed. Um we're at home. We're at home and that's key. Um that's key. So and we'll 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 talk about the opposition in a bit, but um, you know, flying high, which is which is the teams that we tend to do well against. Mm. Yes, it is. Uh, Mike the Miller says, "What chance the game does not go ahead because of a waterlogged pitch? Heavy rain non-stop uh, from three a.m. all day until around midnight." So there's a couple of points on that. First of all, I would say that the ground's been treated today. Um, a picture of the grass looking absolutely beautiful. I think if if there was any worry, I don't think he would have put a tweet out. Um, and also, they did something to the pitch in the summer. Somebody may have better ideas than me, but they, after the Cardiff game, they did something to the pitch. They put synthetic stuff in there, is what it, am I right saying? It's like a weird interwoven 3G with actual grass thing. It's meant to be yeah. help with drainage, I think, but um, yeah. you, know, you never know. It might rain overnight. It might get cold off. You never know. Yeah. Um, well, that's another so one for we Cardiff at home later in the season, though. <laughs> Yeah, we're in. I think we're we're going to be shortly in the middle of an amber warning for rain. Um, so if if it is going to get called up, this is the type of game it will get called up. But there's no suggestion that there's a worry with our pitch. Only last season that was always a problem. The I've never had a massive problem with rain in the past from memory. The, the issue, the issue with the Cardiff game was the the volume of water in such a very short space of time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, when it's when it's prolonged over a long period of time, so long as the volume's not the same for that. Which it won't be. Otherwise, we'll, otherwise, I'll, I'll be the only one left surviving here because I live on top of the hill. You know <laughs> Although, uh, if there was ever a time to actually buy the canoes from Aldi, now is the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam Darby says a sprinkler's coming in at half time. I think they're going to put them on in about 20 minutes and just have them mm. on until mm. eight o'clock tomorrow. Shelley says, let's hope the Ipswich fans say they caught off early. It's on Sky, so they will leave it as late as possible to decide yeah. whether it's on or off. Um, let's. We're going to assume the game's going to be on. We don't. We obviously don't know because we can't tell into the future. Um, but I am positive that the game will be on. But we'll see. Famous last words and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny, again, just feeding on for the mixture mentioned about the Southampton game and coming into it. How do you feel? We'll talk about potential injuries and rumours of injuries in a minute. But how are you feeling? Just in general, we we should have a couple of players back. Mm, yeah, we're meant to be having, um, is it Morrison and Lindsay? Uh, Doffin. Uh, Doffin, yeah, sorry. I mean, Lindsay's just back on the grass now, isn't the same with Ferguson. Mm. Um, but yeah, Morrison and Adolphin back. Um be interested to see if they do start, if I'm being honest. But um, I think the one who might start, the two of them, is probably Morrison because we haven't really got two centre-backs to rub together at the minute, have we? Mm. Um but yeah, it's good that players are just starting to come back. Um, a Dolphin might feel like a new signing. It feels like he's been out that long, but it's actually like five games, I think. Something like that. Yeah, yeah it, it feels like he's been out a lot longer than he has, mm. to be yeah. fair. Um, but no, it, it's good to have players back. Uh, it gives us a bit more depth as well. Uh, I just hope they've got their armbands ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's wrap up some rumours. Shelley says, heard both Hall and Green are out. Any truth is so Grant Hall Grant Hall is out for tomorrow and is out for Wednesday. 
could be back for the Sheffield Wednesday game from what I read, what Matt Tiller said, that, that may not be the case. Uh, I saw, I think Danny put on the group chat that his reference is a fatigue injury. Yeah. It's like a fatigue injury in his hip. And the way I read that, it's like, he's not 70. You know <laughs> what I mean? It, it, it should, but it's like, if it's a fatigue injury in his hip and they don't know how to solve it, it's something that's like, not a freak injury. But it's something that's like unexpected, that you know, like like hole. yeah. But you sort of expect like hamstrings and quads and yeah. you know and, and calves and that sort of thing in football, so you know how to treat them. But if it's a, mm. a, a fatigue in his hip, then it's a bit hmm, interesting. We'll investigate that. The one mm. thing I haven't seen anything about is Andre Green. I do not know not where this injury room has come from at all. I've seen a lot of people saying he's out for the season. It's like. What's the source on that? Is it HP yeah. or Mayo? Like, where's that one come from? Yeah, the, the green one has come from nowhere, and, and the rumours came out after, before. Sorry, Matt Taylor's interview, Matt Taylor's pre-match press mm. conference. And Matt Taylor didn't mention it; wasn't referenced at all. Um, having said that, everything the club have tweeted and put on social media, Andre Green's not been in anything as far as I've seen. So we don't know. The answer is we don't know. I, th- I feel if it would have been serious, Matt Taylor would have mentioned something. Um, mm. He's not one that's shy at telling people about injuries and things such as that. So we will play the waiting game on Andre Green. It'd be a bigger blow for him than it would be for us, sadly. Uh, uh, but we'll see. Mick Grant Hall out for at least two more games. I don't know. I don't know what to say with Grant Hall anymore. I just I, th- I felt like we were over a bit of a hill when he played the Southampton game because he made a mistake for the goal, but he was pretty solid. He looked pretty comfortable. He didn't look out. He looked okay. And then he's had a break and then got injured. It, it's really difficult to see that light at the end of the tunnel with him at the minute. Yeah, I don't want to be smug, but I will. Um, because he didn't play the whole Southampton game, did he? And I questioned why he'd been taken off. Yeah. It was a strange situation. And, and, and I think probably we're seeing the result of that now. Um it was just a weird a weird substitution. You wouldn't take off a centre-half and not replace him with another centre-half when you've only got one on the pitch. Well, half a one on the pitch, really, with Pelts. To be yeah. fair to him, and that's no no criticism of him. It's, you know, it's his second position. It's not his not his primary, primary role. So um, I suspect this injury may have been nagging for a while. Um, but, yeah, it's disappointing. But, <laughs> you know... What what can you do? It's just it's, it's it's week after week after week. I'm sure if Morrison comes back on on Friday night against Ipswich, he'll be out by Sunday uh, for another six months, and we'll we'll be we'll, we'll be back round on that merry-go-round. But um, it's, it's it is bad news, but there is some good news in terms of Tyler Blackett. Um, yes. It would appear that that injury is not as bad as first thought, and I think the timescale I've seen coming out uh, out of the club is is possibly four to five weeks. Which mm. that's the case with another international break coming up. That's amazing. That, yeah, that's good. the right result for us. Um, so, and of course, don't forget how Kim Adolphin can play in that position as well. So, we're starting, even though Grant Hall's got this injury, which sounds to me more of a nagging injury rather than a, mm. you know, a season ending or a, a significant period of time out type injury. So, we'll have to wait and see. But this is what it is, isn't it? We can only we can only we can only buy what we can afford, and uh, and that's mm. the market we're shopping in. Yeah, it's 
Uh, it's just frustrating. We, we got a couple of players back, haven't we? We think mm-hmm. oh, Morrison's back, Godolphin's back, and then possibly Andre Green's out. Possibly getting holes. We're getting as many players injured <clears> as we are getting them back. It's just, yeah. I can only imagine how frustrating it is for Matt Taylor. I think somebody put in the comments. Do you think it's been mentioned about uh, training methods? I would be surprised because, again, Danny, Matt Taylor seems like a meticulous kind of character who leaves no stone unturned. I think he's very sure of himself, but I don't think he's the kind of guy who's arrogant enough to sort of say, well, these are my training methods. If you get injured, you get injured. At this level of football, he will be flexible. I'd be amazed if it's a slight on his or his coach's training methods. It's just life. Yeah, I mean, we're not the only club to have <clears throat> a lot of first-teamers out at the minute. I saw one tweet earlier saying that Doncaster have got like 15 first-teamers out. Wow. Or something something silly like that. Um, so, I don't know, it must be something in Yorkshire water, if I'm being honest. That's why everyone's <laughs> getting injured. But, you know, it, it, it plays into the whole swings and roundabouts thing of football. You know, we've made the decision to um, sign... I wouldn't say injury-prone players, but like the older players with injury history. Um, mm. And even doing that is a gamble. Um, Matt Taylor's took the gamble. And as it stands with Grant Hall, at least, it's not really paid off. You know, he's certainly not paid off a Sean Morrison yet um, because he's played about four games total for us. Um, and it, look, it looking like Grant Hall as well. But like you say... It almost seems like we're getting as many back as going back out again. Um, but that's the risk that we've won. We run. Uh, Matt Taylor wants mm. to say in the division, he thinks it's the experience that we need in this division, which we've got. Um, but we forget as well that they are an impact in the dressing room as well. I think mm. I thought Sean Morrison was key last season because he was in the dressing room, even though he was injured. Same with Grant Hall. Grant Hall will still be an impact off the pitch. Um, but it's just a bit of a gut wrencher that it's like oh another one's gone and why do they all have to be centre backs <laughs> you know yeah. why, why can't we have a centre forward injury just for once mm. you know but um, fate, what was that sorry don't tempt fate yeah, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say everyone touch wood yeah. quickly with that one <laughs> uh, Chris Teller says what are the odds on Morrison being out before Christmas he says evens yeah mm. about that. very generous <laughs> John Morrell says even Danny's internet's in a better state than some of your players. Touch the again, Danny. Touch the wood. Yeah. Yeah, Mick, <laughs> let's do this now. We've put together our, our predicted starting 11s with the fan of predictor thing. Oh, I've not uploaded it. <laughs> I got I got these here. semi pictures of the of the prediction lineups and then I forgot to upload it. I'm really sorry. Um, wow. I didn't I didn't I, I I've got the template ready somewhere else. I just don't. It's not on this bit of thing we've got anyway. We've both we've all gone for this, essentially the same similar starting line. Well, me and Mick have gone for exactly the same, uh, which is victory and goal, obviously. No, they're not actually. You've gone Dexter, Peltier, you've gone a Dauphin as a centre half, and yes. Colin Bramwell's left back. Danny, you've gone the same as uh, me in terms of Morrison and Peltier. Danny, you put Revan at right back. That's my um, second half match. Idea. Oh, apologies. Apologies. Stupid me. Yeah, you put Levick. Yeah, so me and you're going to send back four. Mick, talk to mm. me about the Dauphin centre half starting. Yeah, I think uh, I, I suspect that Morrison's probably not going to be up to up to speed yet. Um, 
and he's not he's, well speed's perhaps not the right word as far as Sean Morrison's concerned is it uh, up, up to quite up to full fitness whereas um as often has been out for a short period of time uh he's, he's comfortable in that position anyway we know he is albeit he's not a, a natural center back he's very comfortable there and he's got a bit of pace he's got a lot of pace actually um and he can win a ball in the air so for me I think he probably would start over Morrison just on the basis that Morrison's had no match time whatsoever this season. Um, and to throw him straight in against a team that are flying flying high at the moment, I think, yeah, I'm not sure. Whereas Adopin, like I say, he's played he's played some games this season and, and done extremely well wherever he's played, whatever position you put him in. And you know he can do a job there. You know he can absolutely. So, um but the key to it ultimately is that he's got a bit more pace. Yeah, is that true? He played centre half in most of the pre seasons last season uh, when, yeah. when Paul Warren was still here. Um, uh, yeah, Danny, the next bit to look at is your midfield, and I think this will surprise most people. You've your what you want to see as a starter is is basically well, the three the three midfielders you picked are Tiahi, Rathbone, and who else is your third midfielder? You before, shall, I, shall I get it up so that Will I can actually agree with you? Because I, I've, I sent you two. I sent me um, my first idea and then the end of the game. I'll come back to the first one now. But you've, there's no right. one, but The headline is that Danny's choosing not to play Cafu from the start. I think that's the headline I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Just let everybody's thoughts on not starting Cafu. Yeah, because I, I want to see the two up top because I thought two up top worked better against mm. uh, Southampton. Um. So, yeah, so my midfield is Taihi sitting slightly deeper with Rathbone in front of him and then Onya Dimmer and Appiah as the wider players. Mm. Okay, and then you've got a two up top with what we think is Andre Green. You've put, but we put. Yeah, so so basically if, if Andre Green's fit, you start him. If not, then I, I've done it on the basis that Green's fit because I've yeah. not seen anything else confirming that he is injured, basically. Mm. Um, Mick, you have put Cafu in and you've just gone the standard front three, but with Appiah in, if we had a question, would you start Appiah? We've all three of us gone for the predictions, Mick, to start Appiah. I'll come back to the Cafu question in a minute, but mm. would you start Appiah? He played 45 minutes in the reserves in midweek, so he's got minutes under his belt, a good 45 minutes, that's really good. Um, is there any reason not, even if Andre Green's fit, I would still start Appiah? Yeah, 100%, 100% because he's, he looks so, so dangerous when, he, when he's come on. Um, more and more as each get each time is each appearance, he's looked more and more dangerous. Um, mm. and and he caused Southampton quite quite a few problems when he came on. He also caused Cardiff quite a few problems when he came mm. on down there as well, but he wasn't on for very long. Um, you know, he, he scored a goal against Southampton, albeit it was flagged offside, mm. hit the bar against Cardiff. You know, he's, he's willing to have a pop as well and, and create something out of nothing. Uh, he's got the pace and he loves to run at players. Um, so yeah, for me, I would uh, I would probably be starting him now. I think, like you pointed out there, he's had the minutes. Let's get him on there and, uh, and let him cause some problems. Uh, Mick, Danny's not going to play Cafu. Um, RFC 90 says, Cafu playing equals Rathbone plays better. Shelley says, Cafu on the bench. Where? What are you on, Danny? Um, Mick, if you're going to drop one of them, for me, it's Cafu. I would have Rathbone playing over Cafu. If I had to choose one or the other... I would choose Rathbone. I, I, don't, I would play Cafu as well, but what are your thoughts on if you had to pick one? I wouldn't have to pick one because there's no need to. I don't, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, for me, it's a pointless hypothetical question because for me, they both play. Uh, it's where you play them. 
and and how you utilise them in 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 within that midfield. Uh, and we pointed out the last couple of games that Cafu's played further forward than Oli Rathbone has. I don't agree with that. I don't like that, and I don't think it works. Uh, I think if you swap them around and have Cafu more holding uh, and Rathbone playing in behind that front three, I think it's far more effective. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. But for me, it's not a choice of either or under any circumstances, assuming that they're both fit. Because they're both key. They're both key to the game. They're both, they've both got very similar qualities, but they've also got individual qualities as well, you know, in terms of, you know, Kafu with his with his set piece delivery, with his with his free kick delivery. Um Oli Rathbone with some of the the vision of some of the passes that he's is able mm. to pick out now, which which he's far better equipped to do playing that further forward role for me than uh, than Kafu is. Or than Kafu has shown so far. Let's say that's not to say I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying in the games that we've seen. So it's never not going to be an either or for me in that in that department at all. Danny, how tempted would you be? We to, to mention maybe a Dauphin at centre back, but how tempted would you be if a Dauphin can start? Is to start a Dauphin in, in maybe into the Cafu or maybe as as a Dauphin maybe that was almost that almost that second striker because he's he's been so effective this season when he's played. Yeah, from what we've seen of <clears throat> of um, of a Dauphin, especially under Matt Taylor and bits and pieces this season, he likes to play him in behind. Uh, the strikers, um, you know, that, that position that sort of lurks on the edge of the 18 yard box, which to be fair is where a dolphin scores from half the time. Um, but yeah, but a, a dolphin almost seems like the new utility player, he can almost play anywhere from a cam to a CDM to even a center back if called upon, um, anywhere in that middle section. Um, but I think Matt Taylor will stick to a dolphin being in behind the strikers to be fair, because he seems to have moulded Dauphin into that sort of player during his tenure. Um, and like I said before, the last time we saw a Dauphin at centre-back was in Paul Warren's era. Mm. Um, and since, and I think a Dauphin's improved as a player since Paul Warren left, if I'm being honest, and it's from where Taylor plays him. I think he almost has a bit more freedom to do what he wants to do. Mm. Um, so that's why for my um, second half line-up, which is factoring in like substitutes. I've got a Dauphin in behind you two up top. Fair enough. Um, QPL, IFC 19, mate, let's go to this one. Does Nombe deserve another start? He did start against Southampton, remember. Sadly forgetful um, the way we played. Um, does he deserve a start? We'll talk, we'll talk about Hugo in a minute, probably, but does Nombe deserve a second start in a room, I think I think Matt Taylor's easing him into this championship um, football into in, easing him into championship football. Um, at the moment, no, I don't think he does. I don't think he proved he, he showed enough. Um, I don't think he showed enough at all yet. Um, in any of his appearances, um, but I think he will. I'm convinced that he will, but I think he needs to just he, he just needs to ease him in. I think he's doing the right thing with him, uh, and I think he will come good, but. I don't think he, I, I wouldn't start him tomorrow. No, I, I, I definitely wouldn't. Mm. Um, I, 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 I've got Jordan Hugel in there. Um, I know it's been mentioned in the comments about using Hugel as a, as a sort of super sub. Mm. Um, I, I've got him in there tomorrow because I think um, I think we just need that that little bit of aggression up there. But on the flip side of it, I do like the two up front, and I do like the problems that it caused. Uh, yeah. So maybe that, maybe that's something to to switch to later on in the game. But um, 
No, I don't, for me, the answer is no. I'd, I'd, mm. I'd have him on the bench and uh, I'd, I'd probably be bringing him on um, as, as, as first change, perhaps. But um, mm. no. I think the thing is, Danny, I mean, when we go, if we if we were to play two up top and we're, let's assume Andre Graham is not injured, whenever Nombe is played in a two, he's really he's got in Hugo's way quite a lot of time. His sofa mm. hasn't really suited that two. When Georgie plays in a two, I don't think Georgie can play on his own, but when Georgie plays in that two, He's such a nuisance, such a nuisance. Yeah. He seems to he seems to understand Google's game a lot, lot better. So I would be concerned seeing Numbe start as a, as a two because he he just hasn't he's played better on his own. He hasn't played well on his own, but he's better on his own than a two. He just I feel like he gets much, so much in the way where he plays with Hugel. Yeah, I think so. I think um, Hugel seems more comfortable with somebody next to him, like someone to run off his shoulder. Um, or someone to draw in the defenders. You know, mm. like Ronnie Moore said it before on Radio Sheffield, we've been saying it for a bit. Um, but with Nombe, it it seems like even with the two wider players dropping back into midfield, you know, like on your dimmer and potentially green, um, it sometimes leaves Nombe a bit isolated as well. Mm. It almost seems like to have the almost the the four the four four one one. I think it'd suit Nombe a little bit better. Mm. Whereas Hugo definitely suits the um the two up top idea. Um, which is why if Green isn't fit, I would be tempted to start Georgie. Um mm. just because it's, it's it's almost like the difference of opinion in a striker with Hugo and Kelly. Like they both have the same game where they like to press the ball and they're not scared of effectively running into people to try and get the ball, but Hugo is the almost the calmer head, if, it, if that makes sense, like the more experienced heads. Whereas yeah. Georgie just goes here, there, and everywhere and gets something on everything. Mm. Um, so it's like a, a mix of orthodox and unorthodox. Um, mm. But I think if Nombe was to line up next to Hugo, like you say, they're getting each other's way too much, mm. uh, which is why I hope Andre Green's fit. Uh, but if not, I'd hand the start to Kelly. But for later in the second half, as we saw at Southampton and how well it worked, Kelly must come on later in the game if mm. Green's fit uh, and, and cause that nuisance like he did against Southampton. Mm. Yeah, he did. Um, I see Kay saying that Nombe needs to start at home for me. Managers don't seem to like doing that. Even with new signs and young players, you tend to see them give them more minutes away from home. I don't know if they feel like it's less pressure or or what, but that is it's proven to be the case so far. Nombe has had many more minutes away from home than at home. Um We'll see what happens. I'm sure he'll get a start at home soon enough. Mm-hmm. Sam Darby says, do you have any thoughts about using Hugel as a super, like you mentioned, Mick? I think with Hugel, Matt Taylor's mentioned it. You need to find ways to motivate him at times. When he played West Brom last season in QPR, he didn't need any motivating. Mm-hmm. And I don't think tomorrow against Norwich's great rivals, Ipswich, I don't think he'll need any motivating. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, you know, we, we had such fun, fun memories of his time at Norwich that he will, will be up for this game. There's no there's no question about it. it, it, it I, I don't... I, can't see a reason why not to start Hugo tomorrow. No, I can't. I can't. I mean, I didn't, I've not even thought about. I'd not even sort of considered his uh, his allegiance to Norwich City, and um, so so yeah, that's another reason. We talked about it on the last podcast about feeling the feeling that Jordan Hugo needs something something to to sort of motivate him, and 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 yeah, I mean that's that's hopefully hopefully. That's uh, that's the one for tomorrow uh, to get one over on their uh, on his old club's local local rivals. That'd be great. Mm, that's a shout, actually. Yes, it would. 
Right, let's move back to Victor. And we purposely <coughs> left Victor out, to be honest with you. So two or three things we need to mention about Victor. Let's start with the most important thing first. Miley Miller says, hope the game is on, reference to the rain, um, so we can show Victor how much he's loved after the events in Brussels. Yeah, obviously, mm. if you've lived under a rock and haven't seen this, obviously there was horrible terrorist attack in, in Brussels on Tuesday where two Swedish fans and a third was injured, two killed, one, a, third, a third was injured, um, and the game got abandoned at half-time. Obviously, Victor was part of the squad, didn't play, uh, but was part of the squad. And Matt Tiller talks about it where they got rushed home. They went home without their belongings, without a passport or anything at half-time from the game uh, abandoned at 1-1. Um, I can only imagine the mental stress and toll it with Victor and, and his family that they sort of caught up in the situation. The most important thing kind of thoughts with the Swedish um, people that were affected by it. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. First of all, the, the, the victims and their family. Horrific. There's all, the, this, the saying goes that you should never go to a football game and not come home. That's obviously one that we all... Are, is true. Um, and yeah, it's an awful, awful thing uh, that we've got to mention and talk about. But we do want to mention because... We want to spot Victor. We want spots in, in his in his, his country as well, uh, which we'll talk about the positive side of that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I can only imagine this, what he went through, what his family went through, and and everything else. Boys, who else to enter on the on the terrible events? Yeah, I mean it's it's horrific, isn't it? It's absolutely horrific. Um, I'm amazed that the game actually started. To be honest with you, I, I was really really surprised given the timing of of everything that happened. I think um, I think UEFA there scored a bit of an own goal with that. Um, it, it, it should never have it should never have gone ahead. Um, but anyway, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, I'm sure Victor will be fine. I'm sure he will be. But at the time, he and his teammates and the families who were with them as well. Um, I know his girlfriend was there in the in the stadium, and and obviously, you know, the players are going to be away from apart from their families. Uh, the stadium goes into lockdown. This, you know, this is happening out, outside to all intents and purposes. It must be, must be terrifying. So, um, I'm just really, really happy that uh, the people that we know are safe, and really sad for the uh, the families of the of the, of the victims of it. It's just it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to echo what Mick said. Um, I think with hindsight involved, UEFA made the wrong decision to kick the game off, but. Ilmo's got a track record of keep, trying to keep those games on. I mean, look what happened with Christian Eriksen mm. um, back at the Euros. You know, UEFA wanted the game to carry on and, you know, the Swedish players had the chat with the Belgian players and they went, no, we're stopping this. And I think that was the correct decision. Um, and my heart goes out to the families affected. 
by the two Swedes who lost their lives with that. But I think I speak for every Rotherham fan when I say we've got no qualms if Dylan Phillips did start because we understand the reasoning behind it. But it would also show a great strength from Victor if he came out and started as well. Mm. Um, and like the comment said, if Victor does start, then he needs every single fan to back him as well. Yeah, I agree. Get your Swedish flag if you've got them. Show sure your support for Victor. Might wear my Sweden shirt. Your lucky Sweden shirt might come out and make an appearance tomorrow. Um, <laughs> as well. Chelsea weren't they kept in the same until like four a.m. I don't know. I don't know. But I know they were kept in for a significant period of time. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Let's pivot to a a real positive, Mick. A real, real positive. Our man Victor made his international debut. Second yeah. half against Moldova. I could. We just talked to him about the, the, the sort of negative side of, of what happened over the international break, but this is such a highlight of his career. They will. They will look back on the debut as an international debut. We all, we all, we all have dreamt as kids to be mm-hmm. to play for your country, and now he's been able to do that. I can only imagine the pride that he had in himself, and again, his family had for him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. You know, other than yeah. You know, he <laughs> got what he's, he's got what he deserved. He's worked so hard to get to to where he is now, uh, and 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 that's just the ice. Well, it's the icing on the cake for a minute. You know, he's represented his country, and he will. There's no doubt about mm. it. Represent his country again. You know, particularly given the age of the other two keepers as well, uh, and uh, in comparison to Victor's. So, um, fantastic experience for him. Absolutely fantastic, and uh, and he never put a foot wrong. Really, really. To be fair, uh, did he touch ball? He did. I, I was a bit. I, I was a bit worried when he got clattered at one point and landed yeah. landed a bit awkwardly. I thought, oh god, that don't tell me he's going to come back. Having played forty five minutes or less than forty five minutes, but he injured his shoulder. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so pleased for him and and, and pleased for Tobias as well. Like, I can't. Mm. I can only imagine how Tobias feels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of those games, but we watched it, Danny, and I was I was, I was disappointed. It were only Moldova. Because I really want Victor to be busy. I want him to make mm. pull off a few stunning saves and just, you know, show the world what he can do. But he had a couple of kicks to take. He didn't have anything to do. Maybe that's the best way for a debut to be for, especially for a keeper. It, it, it takes a bit of pressure. Now he's done that. Next guy, next game, he's, he's been there, done that. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, Victor kept a clean sheet in his half at game, didn't he? The other keeper yeah. didn't. Bless him. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's a great honour to play for your country. Um, it's about damn time if I'm being honest. Um, But, yeah, um, Victor's now made his debut. He's got the the stress of it out of the way, shall we say, um, in performing well. And hopefully the Sweden coach sees Victor's potential and he gets more starts as well because um, compared to the other two keepers, no disrespect intended, but from my Rotherham United point of view, is the the better of the three. Um, And... It's like Ibrahimovic in goal, you know, it could be Sweden's next big thing in goal. And, it, and I think now, I know it sounds silly saying this about Victor, but he needs the minutes. He needs the international mm. minutes now and he will be a real quality keeper for Sweden. Yes, he will. It's unlikely they'll qualify for the Euros, which means their coach will change probably. I think it's been confirmed if they don't qualify, he will change, um, which may be good news for Victor. Fresh start, fresh manager, fresh start um, for the mm. next, what will then be the World Cup qualifying campaign. Um Although we all would love to see Victor at Euros, wouldn't we? Wouldn't that be amazing to see a Rotherham player at Euros? Does this make Victor the first capped Sweden player in Rotherham's history? 
Well, we had that. We did have a Swedish guy with Ekstrand that Warren signed. Uh, I don't know if he went on to play for Sweden, but he was. He had played for Sweden, but he played one, one or two games for us. Well, so I think, but did he play for Sweden whilst he was at Rotherham? Unlikely, because he was injured, I think. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, another central defender that got injured. Um, it's a Rotherham thing. Um, yeah, I think he's the most run. And if you play at the Euros, he'll be the first player to play at the Euros whilst representing, while currently playing for Rotherham as well, if that happens. Mm. A few bit way down the line. Um, Cherry Femmer says, another one to add to the list of international players in Rotherham colours. Yes, it absolutely is. Another John one S- of um, <clears throat> players who have come to Rotherham and then gone on to be internationals as well. Absolutely. Um, and he will go on to bigger, better. John S says, McGuckin goal as well. Uh, yeah, McGuckin got two goals, I think. Two goals in two games, I think. I think he got for under, Northern under 21s. Um, he needs to go play. If, you know, if I'm a National League team, I am. I can't believe that nobody's picked him up on loan, to be honest with you, because they can pick these up on loan. Go on, I hope he gets the minutes and goes plays, because he is going to go from strength to strength to strength. Um, and go, you know, he's desperate for minutes. Uh, Matt the Miller says, aren't Sweden out of the Euros? Te- <laughs> they can't qualify through their group, but the Euro qualifiers are really, really complicated because there is a playoff system that then goes back to the Nations League. So I think there is a really complicated way that Sweden could qualify, I think. But I don't really understand, so I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't think they're technically out yet, but we'll see. Um, Danny, Ipswich coming up tomorrow night. How will you feel about Ipswich? Because they are second in the league. I looked at their form, and they are a lot of lot of wins in this season. I think they've won 11, game, won 11 games out of all competitions, I think. Um, they they highly rated. McKean McKenna is one of the, high, the most highly rated managers outside the Premier League. Um, how are you feeling? Are you worried that we're coming against a very good team? Um, I'm worried we're coming up against an informed team. Um, I think Ipswich are one of the teams where they've carried on their form from last season into this season and you know hit the ground running. Um, after everyone was sort of picked off the ground in pre season, they've hit it running again, and that's why they've done really well. Um, it'll certainly be a challenge against Ipswich because you know they've got the confidence and we've only had a little trickle of that since the Southampton game. Um, but it almost has the formula for a classic under the lights at New York Stadium, you know, the informed team, the team that was just finding the feet now, really. Mm. Um, and them doing battle. I mean, we've not we've not lost to Ipswich at home in how many games? I think it's five home games we've not lost to Ipswich and every yeah. single time we've beat them 1-0. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we've got the added aspect that Ipswich batters in the FA Cup last season whilst at Portman Road. Um, yeah. So that could fuel the fire a little bit as well. Um, I wouldn't say it's good news, but it's a relief that Vladipo's injured. So that's that one aspect of a former yes. player getting a goal against us. Um, but then you've got Georgios to contend with. So I'd say stick Sean Morrison on man marking him. <laughs> uh, keep him occupied. Um, but no, it, for, for me, like I say, it, it has all of the aspects of being a classic under the New York lights. And I know where we went wrong with the last game on Sky. I forgot to record it. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure I record this one and then I think we'll win. Yeah, I'm I, probably right. Um what makes this Ipswich team sort of almost as quite impressive, Mick? Even more impressive is that they've not really signed anybody this summer. This is basically the same team that finished second in League One last year, and they've just come from strength to strength. I think that's probably a sign of a good coach. 
we're eleven games in. This may not play, this may not continue, but it feels like the guys got got them rolling. The players know the jobs. Um, mm. they, uh, for, this must be great for Ipswich fans. I can only imagine the excitement they've got at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they outspent everybody in League One, didn't they? Um, to, to they did get, last year. To get that, get into that mm. position. So um, the cynic in me would argue that they bought they bought their promotion last season because you know they don't get. The, I don't think there's any financial fair, fair play issues in the in in League One and Two, is there? Well, it's, yeah, it's not as much. So, so you know they've they've they're, they're on a high and they've they've managed to come into this season with a settled side, mm. which virtually no other team is able to do. You know, there's always chopping and changing through, throughout that summer months, throughout those summer months, and it, and it can take time for uh, teams to get to get to uh, sort of like you say hit the ground running. So, yeah, I mean they've done well. We've done well. I, I, I'm, I'm a bit sort of given given the circumstances of of, of how they how they've spent. Um, to I, I find I, it sticks in the throat a little bit, you know, putting clubs of, of our size and, and 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 others within League One um, at, a, at a financial disadvantage. It's it's I don't I don't know if it's jealousy or whether or what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pleased for him. You know, Great. You don't sound it. I'm not. Really. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make it sound like I am. I don't care. I, I, I genuinely, I'm completely, utterly. I don't know. I don't care. I don't okay. care. They're, they're, ultimately, they're, they're ain't, they ain't no Leicester City, are they? You know, uh, no. they. I would argue, and I don't really know, but they, they, they don't seem to have the quality of footballer that Norwich have got. Um, hmm. Norwich aren't particularly haven't been particularly firing this season, um, and if that's the case, I, I, whether they'll be there at the end or not is 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 up is up for debate. But um, they're on a good run; they've done really well. It's got to end sometime. Might as well be tomorrow. Yeah, it may as well. Um, I've just had a weather update. It's been it appears to be a yellow warning. Rain now tomorrow. That's been downgraded. Um, what do they know? Chris says they paid a million pound for Hurst. Yes, they did. Uh, he was on loan initially. At the player they paid it somewhere, so he kept. They paid that to keep him. Um, but if anybody's going to score tomorrow, it will be old uh, old George, won't it? Mm-hmm. Bless him. Um, yeah. Terry Fenber says not uh, my fault for the poor start. Not using my Mister Rotherham mug. Brought it out for Saturday before the Southampton game. There you go. Make sure you drink mm. from that before we, before we go to the game, Terry. Um, <laughs> a few people asking if we can call people back, call people play, call players back on loan and things like that. And, and, and if we can bring in emergency loans, no, you can't do anything. Uh, when the when the window when the windows closed, it's closed. The only thing you can do is purchase players that are not at another club or weren't at another club during the last international break. Um, so we're stuck as we are. Um, that's life. Get over it. Um, let's do some predictions. We've got a bit, of, a bit of a game to do in a minute, which we'll finish on in a moment. Let's do some predictions. Danny, talk to me about how Friday night's going to go, assuming it's on. <laughs> well, we always assume it's on until we're told otherwise. <clears throat> um, just hopefully we've got the squidgets out ready to go. <laughs> how, many, how, many, how many do you think they've bought for this season? <laughs> uh, we need at least two per man, so we need at least another three. So hopefully we've got six. But what, what I want to see every groundsman dual wielding the squidgets to get the game on tomorrow. Um, but we've had a comment from Lewis O'Connor, who I think is an Ipswich fan. Um, don't be underestimating us tractor boys. I, I actually agree. I think 
um, mm. to under underestimate Ipswich tomorrow is um, a grave error, if I'm being honest. Um, Were there any but, question that we would? Yeah, exactly. There's any question that we would. Um, but I have a sneaky suspicion we'll hold to history and it'll be 1 0 to Rotherham. I thought. Don't share your optimism, but I like your thought. Uh, <laughs> it's a Mick. Friday night. I, I won't remember the game come Saturday anyway. True. Mick. What? Oh, what right. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Lewis there with that. I don't think any of us are under underestimating uh, Ipswich and and the um, start that they've had to the season, and crucially, the way that they've been playing. Um, what I would suggest is from the bits and pieces that I've read and seen. It would be nice to think that um, Ipswich come here with the same attitude that Norwich and Leicester and, and other clubs mm. have, have done and underestimate us. Fingers crossed that that's what they do. Um, because if they're coming in expecting a, a big, long ball, physical side, then uh, happy days. Happy days. Because <laughs> you ain't going to get that. Um, so, I, I, you know what my prediction is. Obviously. Because sooner or later, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. 2 0. Damn it. I don't know. Mick's gone 2 0. Mick's convinced we're going to keep a clean sheet this season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 2 1 to Ipswich. I think we'll push them very, very hard, but I think they'll probably do have a bit too much for us. Um, but Friday night under the lights with horrible weather. Bit of a leveler, I think. Um, I'm looking forward to that night. new outside bar as well. <laughs> yeah. Um Chris Ellis says two one to us. Scott Kent sent Scott Kent says three one to Ipswich. Terry Fermer says two one thinks we'll nick it. John says two one. Um if you notice here, Mick, nobody thinks we'll keep a clean sheet. Yeah, I've noticed that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got faith um, in Victor. <laughs> it's well, we've just got to turn up. You know, if we turn up tomorrow and we get beat three one, two one, and we've turned up and had a go and give them a game, but they just turned out to be better than us. You just got to check it off and say, right, you know, we're being, being beaten by better. It's not second in league by accident. This is this is a very very good team, um, but I want to see us. I want to see a repeat the Bristol City performance as an example. Mm -hmm. I want to see more from us than we saw against Bristol City and others. I don't. Um, I, don't I don't think you're going to get that, Matt, because I don't think Gibbs are going to come and spoil the game like Bristol City. No, I, I agree. You know, that's not their that's not their game. They're going to play with the the, the arrogance of a team that's in second place in division, aren't they? And, and right, mm. so. Um, that suits us, yeah. You know, when when teams come and play the football here, that suits us. Um, mm. When when teams come and spoil the game, like uh, like Pearson's team did, that's when it, that it that's when it causes us a problem, and that is the reason why we struggle with the teams around us. You know, because yeah. you know Gareth Ainsworth is, is a perfect example of that. Um, so we'll see, but. Um, yeah, yeah. 2-0. Victor clean sheet. Okay. Charles says 2-1 to us. John S says we turned we turned up against Southampton. I was proud, but we come to play and I, I play as we can, yeah. Terry Femme says all the faith in Victor is the back line in question. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Fair. <laughs> fair. Uh right, well, we're gonna finish on a bit of a game because why not? It's fun. Now, this is where we all go, ha Mick, don't remember anything. This is one of those kind of games. Oh, brilliant. Um, so this is basically yeah. a take the mickey out of Mick game. Yeah, but you've got a chance. You've got a chance. Um, it's sort of a quiz. So the game is, I'm going to give you a question, and there are 22 answers, and you'll take it in turns, 
And whoever gets one wrong eventually will lose the game. Do we understand? Oh, oh I'm going to lose the game straight away then, maybe. Sounds... Unlikely. So, <laughs> so the theory, the theory, the, this is based on George Hurst. George Hurst played for Rotherham United, played against 22 different teams in the Championship, didn't score against any of them. I just want to know the 22 teams he played against and failed to score against in that Championship season. Oh, God. It's so harder, you, than, it, it's harder than it sounds, you know. From the Championship, you get, you get no lives. So if you get one wrong and the other guy gets it right, we have our winner. Mick, <laughs> luckily for you, we're going to go alphabetical order. <laughs> alphabetical, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, Danny, there are 22 teams. He didn't play against one team, and I can't remember what it is. Um, so one of the 22 teams that we faced that season. Oh, oh you're, doing, you're doing alphabetical order as in me to Mick. I thought you meant like teams, like in alphabetical no. order. Oh, thank no, God. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, this one, uh, also, I should include it includes cup games as well. Right, okay. Well, I'm going to knock out one of the easy ones and say Preston. Yes, Danny. Very good. Mick, you've only got 21 to other teams to pick from. Uh, Middlesbrough. Yes, Mick. Danny? Cardiff. Yes. He didn't play the last game of the season, though. He was, he was injured for that one. Uh, don't, don't make me sweat any more than I am with this game. <laughs> Mick? This is the COVID season, isn't it? Is it? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> um, QPR. Yes. Very good. Two each. Easy this. I told you it'd be easy. <laughs> Danny? Swansea. You did play against Swansea. Mick? <laughs> Blackburn. Yes, he did. Yes. There we go. Six gone. 18 left to pick from Danny. Norwich. Yes. Oh, well, alphabetical order. I'm still struggling to find out where the teams are on my list, to be honest with you. Uh, Mick. Bristol City. Yes. This could go on forever. <laughs> well, not, not forever, but for a limited period of time. Danny. Sheffield Wednesday. He did play against Sheffield Wednesday. I think he played both times, actually. Might be wrong on that one. Mick. Derby. No. Oh. Uh, so, Danny, you've won. Oh, I was going to say Hull for my final answer, just to secure it, you know. <laughs> you got it wrong. <laughs> ah, good. <laughs> Thank you, you went first, so Mick had to, Mick had to match you. You know, penalty shoot, I can't style. Uh, um, gotcha. So, the questions are how good we know. <laughs> Mick got it wrong, and then Danny would have got his next try wrong as well. Um, yeah. I'm not going to read through them because there's about 15 other teams that we didn't go through. But it was everybody playing that season, clearly except Derby, and I'd add Everton in there as well because Everton nobody in the FA Cup, and he played for that, played against them as well. Um, so hopefully he doesn't score on Friday night. Um, I think I'm done. Anything else? Oh, do you want to mention Ben, Mick? We mentioned in the last episode about Ben being playing at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. He had a successful night. He scored a touchdown at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. He did indeed. Yeah, um, like embarrassing Ben if we can. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for that. Uh, yeah, he did. Scored a touchdown and they won uh, 35-0 against a team that's been five times champion of New York State. Um, so they've done, they played two games over the space of four days and beat two American oppositions and uh, conceded, I think, two touchdowns over the whole of the uh, over both games. So they were outstanding and uh, our 
our co-pilot on this, uh, or sometimes co-pilot, um, managed to get his name on the score sheet as well. So, uh, yeah, good evening. I really enjoyed the football, really enjoyed it. So, and uh, it's a hell of a stadium, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, uh... Yeah, I want. I only. I would want to go again when there's fans in it. Only two thousand people there, I think, weren't there? Yeah. Uh, I it's quite quite impressive when it's full of people. Yeah. Um, we yeah, we tried to get Ben on for tonight, but it's going on too big time, and he scored a touchdown at Spurs Stadium. We don't fancy yeah. a podcast anymore. It'd be on BBC, won't you, or something like that? <laughs> Next <up. laughs> Um Anything else? Anything Rotherham related? Rotherham United related? I think we've covered everything as best we can. Bear in mind, uh, there's not much to talk about. To be honest with you. We might be after tomorrow. Mm. We'll see. I'll be alive after tomorrow. Or oh, we could be talking about the monsoon. We'll yeah, see. That, I'd like there not to be a monsoon, but you never know. Um, the manager will Mary go around is really kicking off in the championship, isn't it? Millwall have sacked their manager. Birmingham will have changed manager during the break. Wednesday have brought in their manager. Um, just, yeah. just before we sign off, I hope John Morell's still here because I want to know his thoughts on Wayne Rooney as their new permanent manager. <laughs> It's odd that, isn't it? It's re- mm. when I say it's odd, I say it's really predictable um, that an American company have gone. Oh, English football, English footballer. Oh, Wayne Rooney. Um, Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City. It will be known from henceforth. And all I'm going to yeah. say is we're going to probably beat him as well because that's what we like. As soon as <laughs> yeah. like a tagline to a team, we somehow end up beating him. Yeah, it's that typical thing. I watch Sky Sports News a lot, a lot this season. I've not seen a Birmingham press conference featured on Sky Sports News or even in any clips. And suddenly, because our Wayne's there, is a is a brief, brief thing on Sky Sports News, which is, I suppose, that maybe what they tried to do with the owners. This is what they're trying to do: try to build a bit of exposure for the club and whatnot. Um, but 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 for me though, we manager like John Eunice, who has got them that high in the table through his quality as a coach. That's how you build your brand as a football club. You push up the table and get yourself noticed. You don't suddenly swap him for a well-known name in football. But well, I suppose it's all about social media clicks now and everyone's clicking, right. oh, Wayne Rooney's at Birmingham now. But we'll if- look at Wrexham. As much as we don't, I like what, what's happening at Wrexham. That's what started all this. What they've done at yeah. Wrexham is called these other guys to jump on board and do it in a different way. That's that's where it all come from. Although you see that. To the map they put out on uh, Welcome to Wrexham, that's fantastic. What, I didn't know Brentford had a derby with Carlisle. That's rateful now. That would be really... I like how we made the cut. There's only about 20 teams on there, but for some reason we made a cut. And they got us about right. One of the only teams that got it right place at country. Yeah, it's like... Mm. Odd. Well, all I'm saying is they've got their eyes on Rotherham. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Play them, play them next year. Uh, we'll find out. Mm. Um, Neil Liversidge says the Leeds match is moved to Sky yet. Yeah, predictably... Leeds United game has been moved to a Friday. Uh, I can't remember the day exact date. I think it's after the international break. I think is it the first game after the international break again. I don't know. I can't I think remember. It is. Um, but yeah, Leeds at home on a Friday night that brings what back some memories. Go wrong. <laughs> brings back some really, really good memories. And we get um, direct trains from Leeds as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Got Johnson Clark Harris. Um, and then remember Martin McIntosh, Mick, yes. back in 2000. And Five or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm quite happy with that being on Friday night, to be honest with you. We'll see. We will be back. We'll try and do the instant reaction. And when I say we'll try and do the instant reaction, assuming the game's on and assuming we can find shelter, we will do the instant reaction um, post um, post Ipswich. We may have to do it in a car or something like that. But we'll try and work something out. Just do it, just do it at back at stand. It'd be right. 
if the range as bad as it is, we'll need a canoe to try and do that, mate. Uh, well, we'll, we'll wait and see. We will then be back on Sunday evening, which will be the hopefully a review of the Ipswich game and all the other championship games. And then we'll go again. We're playing on Wednesday, this time against Coventry City, another home game. Um, yeah, championships are relentless. We know when it's not an international break, championships relentless. Yeah, um, we'll figure out how many more players have been injured. Um, because I'm sure there will be a couple. On, from tomorrow night, Mick. Thank you very much for being with us tonight. It's been it's been good fun to be back back talking about Robin. You're very welcome. I've missed it. Have you? Who <laughs> <laughs> says that? Yeah, uh, Danny. Thank you very much, mate. Pleasure to speak to you again. Uh, always a pleasure, lads. Always a pleasure. And uh, thank you very much. Subscribe, like the video, um, and we will see you all next time. And up the Millers. Up the Millers. Up the Millers. It's a Wales, Wales to a goal, Swansea beyond Fodringham, and the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Fodringham yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, Adolfi, he can hit them, and he does. Oh! Adolfi! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.